I'm kind of glad it was a short video. I couldn't have taken much of that pirate talk, but uh, I thought it was kind of cute. Hey, we are in the book of Proverbs, so let's do this together. I haven't done this in a long time. If you have the Bible, hold it up. I want to see how many brought their Bibles to church. Hold them up high, church. Okay, I'm counting. Hold on. Okay, I'm looking real good. Ah, that's better than I thought. Okay, put those back down. How many brought their devices, and that's how you read them? Hold those up. <coughs> okay, that's pretty cool. Okay, I won't ask you the third category. Who brought nothing? Okay, but <coughs> you could just look on with the person next to you. I made a challenge a few weeks ago, and it began June the 1st. <coughs> and it was reading through the book of Proverbs together over this summer series, over the next couple of months. So today would be June the 4th. So I hope you are, have read or will read Proverbs 4. Every day I hope you'll read the Proverbs corresponding with that particular day. And, uh, and if you do that, in the course of June, in, in the course of this month, you'll read the entire book. And then next month in July, we're still in the series, I pray you'll read it again. So at least twice you would go through the book of Proverbs. And I just, I, I love the Proverbs. I've been reading them for decades and sometimes I read them very systematically, like month after month after month. And then I take a break. And this summer, it was just fun. So, you know what? I'm reading the Proverbs along with other readings of Scripture. And I'm going to invite the church. I'm just curious, how many have taken your pastor seriously? Because we've been sending emails out on this. We've been encouraging people to do this. And today, I'm going to shame you into this. How many of you have began the Proverbs challenge? Just hold your hand up. Yeah, about eight of us. That, that is, that's pitiful okay so how many of you after today would consider starting to read the proverb corresponding to the day hold your hands high that's better hold them all up no okay i don't, I don't want you to lie in church that, that that would be horrible okay but i hope you will read the proverbs and they're really fun and they're uh, incredibly insightful the heart of god <coughs> excuse me Derek kidner wrote this wonderful little commentary years ago on the book of Proverbs, and he says this, the book of Proverbs performs the function of putting godliness into working clothes. In other words, it's not a very churchy kind of book. It addresses the real issues of our lives. It is intensely practical, distinctly sometimes uncomfortable, and immensely profitable. And I've always said that from the book of Proverbs. They are so practical in nature there are these little pithy sayings that we get. And the thing is, when you read Proverbs, it's not read, like reading the rest of Scripture. It's called wisdom literature. And when you read it, it's like you're reading this subject, and you turn the page, or you go to the next verse, and the subject just turns upside down. And it might come back to it later, or it might stay in that section. But there's all these different topics through the book of Proverbs. So this summer, we're walking through selected Proverbs together. And I thought today would be a fun way just to go, in this wise word series, we'll just call it wise up. Just wise up. And let's just get to be wise people because we love God's word and we put it in our hearts. Now, <clears throat> this is what I'm hoping. I hope that this summer you get a grasp and some understanding of the Proverbs maybe you've never had. And maybe you'll be reaffirmed in some teachings. But I pray some of these practical insights will help you and I grow together in wisdom. In the book of James, the Bible says, if any man lacks wisdom, he should ask God, and God gives generously without finding fault to those that ask him. And here is one way I know that we can get wisdom together, is that we can ask God 
for his wisdom through his word and god will begin to pour that out and he gives us understanding and discretion and direction and development and growth and <coughs> you'll hear this a lot uh, proverbs is really about living a skilled life skilled living you just know how to live wiser and better and richer because you read this book and anybody i mean kids like to read the book of proverbs i know when i did student ministry teenagers love proverbs a lot of reason is because it's not very hard to read and you can understand a lot of it but when you have the mind of christ god just begins to um, illuminate your mind and heart now it's not just a group of like little pithy or little uh, really sharp sayings but it's the application of the knowledge of god's word and god gives it to us and we could <coughs> just begin to look and study out i would even encourage you maybe in this series that you might even consider a, a good study bible or to, or to find a good commentary to kind of go along with us as we're talking about different proverbs next weekend the whole subject is, is temptation does anybody here know anything about temptation i think so and the proverbs addresses that but let's just stop and have a prayer together can we do that lord we need you and i need you to illuminate your word as i ask you every day for my life and for this congregation to really get something out of this, I need you to open their minds and their spirits and their hearts, and I need you to shine your light on the Word, and I need the Word to become alive to us today, God. And Lord, somehow, because we've gathered in this place, we could learn about what your will is for our life, and we could walk after you in the name of Jesus. Amen. If I ask you a question, how many of you have a desperate need for wisdom? How many of you would say yes? We do. Every one of us need wisdom. This week, being at Emory, I'm watching some of the sharpest, wisest, intellectual doctors. I think Dr. Schaffner would agree with me. And I graduated there about 25 years ago. I'm not a doctor. And, and I'm sitting there watching them, and it's a teaching hospital. That's, that's where Aaron's going. He's going to a teaching hospital there in Memphis. And it's really fun when you go into a teaching hospital because you don't just have specialists and different doctors. They have around a team of doctors. And, every, you know, I, I was there a lot, so I, I'd watch this team of doctors show up. And they would consult. And they would be out in the room, outside the room in the hall, and they'd have these powwows, and they'd be getting after it. And then they would come in and see the patient. And then they would leave the patient. And then they'd walk back out there and they'd have a teaching time again. It was just really fascinating to me to watch them. And I thought, wow, you don't just have like a couple of eyes or a couple of hands. You've got a lot of people that are learning and are growing. And they're in fellowships and residencies. And, they're, and, and then all these specialists show up and they're doing medicine. But you know what they all need? They all needed wisdom. <laughs> it's not like they all have the answers. They're working at it. And I'm thinking, it's a Christian. We need wisdom for life. We need to seek God's heart. So knowledge, just write this down. Knowledge is knowing what to do. And God needs to, we ask God to give us knowledge. But there's something greater than knowledge, I think. It's called wisdom. <coughs> and wisdom means doing something, making application. So when we read the book of Proverbs or any of the God's texts in the scriptures, God says, I don't want you to be mere hearers of the word, but I want you to be, let's do that again. I don't want you to be mere hearers, but I want you to be doers. I want you to do it. I want you to apply it to your life. And when you apply it, you will be wise. When you apply it, you will be blessed. When you apply it, you will prosper. When you apply it, you'll get my heart. And <coughs> I've only given you one blank today, you're like, 
man, that is awesome. I told you I was out of town this week. No, I'd started on it and I kept on, but I said, I'm in this Proverbs, maybe I'm going to do different than having a lot of blanks like I like to do, but I just want you to write this word in here. A proverb has been defined as a short statement based on a long experience, and the Hebrew word translated proverb means to be like. Write that word in there. Just to, to be like. That's all it means. I want to be like this. And God is trying to show us some things that he wants us to be like, that he wants us to, to take on his character, his life, and the reality of following Christ. So you know what I've learned about the Proverbs as I've read them year after year? <coughs> they make me contemplate my life. They make me contemplate the heart of God. They make me contemplate situations that I find myself or I find you in that we might have wisdom collectively to be able to share with one another. It's the, the sum of wisdom is God's Word. And the thing I love about God's Word is this is authority. And see, today, this book is up for grabs. This book is up for fights all across seminaries, I hate to say. It's up for fights in churches sometimes. They've departed from the Word of the Lord. <clears throat> and that's one of the things I love about our church. We always want to be a place of God's Word, that God's Word is supreme, that God's Word has authority, and it's not man. And the church said, and the church said, I mean, why else would you come to this church? You're like, well, man, you're always preaching God's Word. You're always talking about the absolutes and the supremacy of the Lord Jesus Christ and the authority of Scripture. Man, I was taught this as a young Christ follower, and I'm so great. And then God rooted and established those truths in my heart as a preacher of righteousness. And I'm like, God, please don't let me. No, God, please don't let us depart from your truth because, God, you are what we need. <clears throat> now, there's a threefold setting here. There's In the Proverbs, there's a kind of a general wisdom literature, if you will. Then there's insights in from the royal court, and there's instruction offered to us in a relationship to the heavenly father that god just wants to speak into our hearts and tell us how to live longer how to prosper how to experience joy how to have a fulfilled life because we follow him but listen to me i didn't say if you do these things and we do need to do these things these bring honor to christ <laughs> but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to have struggles in this world the scripture in total and totality shows us that it rains on the just and the unjust, on the righteous, on the unrighteous. How many of you know some righteous people that have a hard time? Yeah. How many of you know some unrighteous that have a really good time? Yeah. That's not fair, God. Get them. Has anybody ever prayed that prayer but me? God, get them. I don't really pray that prayer, but I think it in my heart, so I might as well go ahead and say it. I mean, you know, people that are bums and don't love God, don't love the things of God, and they're, man, they're just all into debauchery and sin and all these issues, and they seem to be prospering in this world. I know one day they'll have their say, and they might get it in, in this life that God speaks to them. But as you look here at Proverbs, I just want you to know, verse 7, I want you, a lot of you held your Bibles up, so I want you to go down to verse 7. I don't want you to circle it. <coughs> I want you to circle verse 7 in your Bible. It is the key text, I think, in the entire book of Proverbs, and it's definitely the key uh, verse here in this section today. But I want to share your, with you a couple more things before I get there, because I'm hoping in this series God's going to take us on a, a lifelong journey 
in a process of growth, and somehow we're just going to start loving God more because we love His Word and we understand His Word. And in Proverbs 19, 8, just write this one down. It says, he who gets wisdom loves himself. Now, if I ask you this morning, how many of you love yourself? You'd go, oh, I love me. I'm going to give myself a hug right now. And some of you go, I don't love myself very much. And that's really a shame because, I mean, I don't want us to be like arrogant and prideful and stuck up. But then at the same time, it's, all, it's a, like a false pride, too, if you're like, well, I don't love me. I'm not worthy. Man, you're worthy. Christ loves you. Christ died for you. Man, Christ wants to forgive you. <coughs> and God says, happy, one translation says, happy is the man, happy is the woman who listens to me. So when you read Proverbs this month and next month, I pray you just go, God, I'm putting on my listening ears. God, I want to listen. I want to have ears to hear what you say. Because in Proverbs 16, 16, it says, to get wisdom is better than gold. To get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. <coughs> Solomon is attributed not with all the Proverbs, but with most of them. He wrote like a, over a thousand and a bunch of songs. But here, and he's, he's the main writer of the, most of the text of the book of Proverbs. And one time God asked him, says, Solomon, what can I give you? And Solomon could have asked for riches. He could have asked for any number of things. And you know what Solomon asked God for? He says, Solomon, you've asked for a good thing. And Solomon says, God, I want wisdom. And God poured out wisdom and said he was the wisest man that ever lived next to Jesus Christ. Wise guy. <coughs> but if you study the life of Solomon, Solomon somehow, even though he had all this wisdom and all this insight that we'll study from God's Word, he, brought, he also had a great love for women, <laughs> lots of women, and he had a great love for concubines. And if you're under 12, go ask your mom and dad what that is, okay? And, uh, and <coughs> although I didn't see any young kids in here, I hope not. And the thing is, but he would bring these women into his palace, into his home, and he brought all their false religions, and he ended up kind of, didn't kind of, he did depart from the ways of God. But God had blessed this guy to build the temple. God had blessed him uh, to have the word of God. He blessed him to give him wisdom. And <laughs> so as we go through this, I see several things that you could just write down some key words. You can go back and study them already. God gave uh, Solomon, he gives me, me, you and me, instruction. He gave him instruction, which can be translated discipline. That these are kind of layers to help throw off the idea that yeah, he needed to be uh, educated. And all of us in this room, man, we need to be educated in God's Word. It's not a, like you study God's Word when you're young and then you graduate. <laughs> I find that, man, God's Word is something to be studied all the days of your life. As long as you have eyes, as long as you have ears to hear, man, you just study God's Word over and over. I've been reading it for almost 40 years consistently as, as a believer in Jesus Christ and studying God's Word. And sometimes I feel like I'm a, I'm a kindergartner. Sometimes I feel like I've just started mining the jewels of God's Word. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Man, you've been reading God's Word, and, and you understand great passages, and, and there's concepts that you really have, but then sometimes you feel like, man, I'm a beginner, and God just reveals something new to you, or you reteach you something that maybe you've gotten away from. Another thing that here God gives is, <coughs> He gives us a, a correction, and He wants us to alter our movements. So a lot of times, we, we go in some ways we know we shouldn't go, and God will send a friend to us. And I pray that if we're that friend that goes to somebody, that we're gentle, that we correct them in the love of Christ, and we point them to God, we, not to ourselves. <coughs> God, 
in his word through Proverbs, through the word. He gives us discernment, that ability to see and, and to do things and see what we should do and what we shouldn't do. And some of you in this room today, we talked about that in our, in our small group this past year. Some of you have great discernment. I happen to be married to a woman that her discernment is off the scale. Her, her discernment, it, it's, it's just been sharp the whole time we've been married. And, and as a pastor's wife, I'm, I'm just amazed. So many times she sees things way before I see it. Some of you could turn to your wife right now and go, you got that. How many of you would agree that your wife has a lot more discernment than you? Don't raise your hand. Oh, some of you are quick. <coughs> and some of you are like, well, no, no, she didn't have very much discernment. I've got it. And what would really be bad if nobody in your family has discernment, then you better start praying that God gives you some kids that have discernment, okay? Because discernment, you know what discernment does? Discernment keeps you out of the ditch. Has anybody ever fallen in the ditch but me? Okay. Well, I, I just thought I'd ask you. Right. Prudence. Uh, I read this word about prudence, and I just wrote down the word prudence, and it's a spirit-born cleverness that you're able to avoid dangers. <coughs> when I read the Proverbs, I see this whole thing about dangerous folly living and yet the scripture we'll see in a minute that wisdom cries out in the street and that's what god does he wants to come pursue us and give us understanding i want to move through this with you though i want to ask you this in verse five look at chapter one verse five <clears throat> let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance wise people are you wise are you wise church oh, okay uh, that's not rhetorical are you wise okay maybe i should change this message man you're like no we're dumb no you're not dumb you're fearfully and wonderfully made if you're in christ you have the mind of christ you are wise maybe some maybe i should have asked you do you ever act wise you're like well maybe sometimes but not most of the time look at that he says let the wise listen um I ask you this, if you want to get wise, I think this is the best thing you could do. <clears throat> Spend time every single day of your life in God's Word. In a 24-hour period, and we all have 24 hours, you have to ask yourself, <clears throat> how much undivided attention, unhurriedness, uninterrupted, undistracted intimacy time did I have with Christ? And God, I think, is saying to me, and I believe he's saying to you, I want you to slow down. And like this thing right now, I'm just kind of giving you a script. If we as a church could read through the Proverbs, like every day, we're just reading God's Word. I can imagine, what could some of the conversations, hey, you know that challenge pastor gave us? I've been reading God's Word, and you know, I've been meditating on uh, Proverbs 2. I've been on Proverbs 3. Hey, today's Proverbs 4. I've been looking at Proverbs 4. And you know, I think God gave me a nugget today. I think God gave me understanding, revelation that I never had. <clears throat> and then see what the other person's got. I kind of like it when we're reading the same thing, if we're willing to do that. Of course, God wants us to come to him and tell him about our struggles, but he also wants us to listen. I mean, how, do, you, do you remember your mama saying this to you or your school teacher? Listen, listen to me now. Anybody ever say that to you? And what did you do? You just want to pinch them, like, I got to go play ball, mama. I can't listen to you. You act like you're smart. I'm smarter than you. And I'm fixing to take you out of this planet. No, okay, but, but you listen. And I'm just saying, man, we need to learn how to get ears to hear from God. Look, look at the uh, verse 6. I want you to see this. 
for understanding the proverbs and parables and the sayings and the riddles of the wise i think god wants to give us understanding these two months of the proverbs and i believe god will through his word through his spirit through our reading through our study collectively together that will set our hearts on him and we realize god if we set our hearts on you god we're gonna we're gonna draw near to your heart we're gonna get some things we don't but then there might be some today that are going you know what i'm not sure i'm not sure i want wisdom well that would be a foolish thing to do now let me transition to this verse seven is going to come up <coughs> i gave it to you from the amplified there at the top of your notes but i want you to look at it and i want us to read it together can you read it with me the fear of the lord is the beginning of knowledge but fools despise wisdom and instruction i just want i want you if you would just leave that verse up there for a while i just want it to just kind of burn i want it to just get in your spirit man i, I want you to say god that's your word this is like the key text this morning <coughs> the fear of the lord hey folks our world's in a mess do i have an amen i mean it's not safe it's so horrible now what's happened here in england over the last weeks and just last night and just foolishness and anarchy and uh, wickedness and evil and i think about where's the fear of the lord in that they definitely pushed it aside but let's let's pick on the united states right now for a moment i feel like we've uh, aborted i feel like we pushed aside the fear of the lord in so many places that we've just said you know i'll just live life like i want it i'll just live life my own each one did that which was right in his own eyes says the book of judges and god says i want to bring fear back now <clears throat> when i say fear there, there's two extremes when i say fear of the lord people are like man is this gonna be one of them hell and damnation messages and you're gonna just scare us and we're gonna reach over and grab hands because we're scared well i mean I, I, we could do that but then there's a fear that you could water down this word fear of the lord and you just make it so soft and you don't you don't want anybody to just think was just a respect and the fear of the lord is a reverential respect for god but it also and i want you to hear this carefully it's not that god's looking down here wanting to zap us or take us out but he is god he is holy he is above all others he wants us on a highway to holiness and our country needs to return to god maybe in this room today we need to return back to the lord and say lord i am fearful of you because you are to be praised great is the name of the lord amen <clears throat> and i just think the fear of the lord has somehow left so many of the churches and it's left christians and this morning, I, as, as I kept reading through this, I just kept saying all these places about the fear of the Lord. Not that I want you to, to be scared this morning, because I don't, but I want you to, to draw near to Him. And I want you to see the instruction of the fear of the Lord and obey Him and listen to Him. And then that somehow together we could promptly obey Him. I know a lot about not promptly obeying somebody. You know, sometimes I'm like, well, I don't feel like that. Yeah, man, that's, that's risky. That's going to cost me. And I'd say to you this morning, I think the Lord wants to tell us, I want you to promptly, quickly run to obedience. Obey me, follow me, honor me. You know, <clears throat> this whole fear thing. Fear drives our decisions, I, I thought, in so many ways. The fear of grizzlies. If you're in uh, Yellowstone National Park, the fear of grizzlies prevents you from trying to hand feed them or just feed the, the bears, doesn't it? Or the fear of water 
probably keeps a three-year-old from running and jumping in the six-foot or eight-foot end of the pool. And some of you are like, my kid ain't got no fear. They just run and jump. And then others are like, you, you know how you can always, I love to watch kids, especially my grandkids now at pools. Some of them have a, like, man abandoned to nothing and just run and jump. And then you got other little personalities. They're just kind of sitting there on the edge and they have a fear. But then I kept thinking about fears and I thought about, some people have a fear of heart attacks. I do. I have horrible heart genetics in my family. My, my dad, you know, died early of heart disease and, and, uh, and that's one reason I walk all the time. I just walk and walk and it makes me get out of the bed in the mornings and I, I go for these long walks, not just because I so enjoy it, but I have learned to enjoy it. But it's because I, I know that I need to work my heart muscle. And a lot of people, you, you have fear of different things. And this morning, if we went up and down the aisles, we could say, what is your fear? I bet everybody in this room has got a fear. <coughs> and sometimes that fear motivates us. Um, listen to Ann Diller. She had this observation I thought was interesting. <coughs> On the whole, I don't find Christians outside of the catacombs sufficiently sensible of conditions. Does anyone have the foggiest idea what sort of power was so blithely invoked? Or as I suspect, does no one believe a word of it? The churches are children playing on the floor with their chemistry sets, making up a batch of TNT to kill a Sunday morning. It is madness to wear straw hats and velvet hats to church. They look kind of funny right here anyway. We should all be wearing crash helmets. Ushers should issue life preservers and signal flares. They should lash us to our pews. In other words, there's this great war. There's this great battle going on. And God wants us just to have this holy fear for him. Like, God, there's none other like you. I love you, Lord. I run to you. I have an awe-inspiring response to God. Write that down in your notes. An awe-inspiring response to the God of heaven. Lord, I worship you. God, I'll run to you. God, I'll trust you. <clears throat> but you see, I think we have a lot of wrong choices today in our world because the fear of God's not very obvious. It's not very evident. I think in my own life, if I'm real personal, sometimes when I don't have a proper fear, respect, reverence about how great God is, I'm not so quick to obey him. So this morning, I'm praying that somehow God's going to take this and he's going to encourage somebody just saying, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight, says uh, Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. <coughs> I think you hear my heart today. God's just saying, I'm not mad at you, man. I'm incredibly in love with you. I want to rescue you. I want to pursue you. I want to have fellowship. I want to have intimacy with you. I want you to have great joy in my son, Jesus. But I want there to be a holy fear in the house of God again. I want you to love my word. I want you to uh, obey my word. I want you to do my word. I want you to share my word. I want you to be proclaimers of the gospel. It's good news. The fear of the Lord, it's used over and over at least 25 times in the Bible. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So this morning... Did you know this might be the most profound theological concept in the Scripture? The fear of the Lord. I mean, it's a theme that God's big on. He's like, man, Keith, I, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to the congregation this week about the fear of the Lord means having an accurate view of God in relationship to who I am. And I just ask us to begin to work that out as uh, we work at our salvation with trembling and fear. I didn't say you work for your salvation. Let me clarify that. 
But salvation is such a gift of God that you work it out with trembling and fear of the Almighty One that loves you and has rescued you. Are you grateful this morning like I am that God rescued you from sin? Are you grateful that God has forfeited hell on your behalf through the precious blood of Jesus Christ to cover you today? Isn't that awesome? And that's what we are as Christians. Man, we get to share that good news with other people that they might know Christ and we declare Him. <coughs> but but I, I thought this was interesting. Isaiah 55, 8-9. His ways are higher than our ways and the fool will always have too low a view of God and too high of a view of themselves. If we're really honest this morning, you just wall off to yourself. It's easy to have a high view of yourself, isn't it? And a low view of God. I pray this morning we'll just reverse that and have a higher view of God when we walk out of here and go, you know, I hadn't really thought about the fear of the Lord till you brought it up today. And I'm thinking that I want to be wise. I want to be a person of understanding. I'm going to start reading this book. I want Christ to be my true north. You see, sometimes I think our compasses is broke. <clears throat> and we've got all kind of faulty directions we're going. And God's saying, I'm the true north. Follow me. Run after me. Pursue me. Trust me. My word is enough. I see the goodness of the Lord. In Psalm 25, 12, who is the man who fears the Lord? Him will he instruct in the way he should choose. <clears throat> and I want you to listen to these. These, these are so good. Psalm 103, 13. As a father shows compassion to his children, the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. I don't know about you, but I want the compassion of God on my life and on your life. And God says, for that to happen, you, you need to fear me. You need to have this reverence, this respect, this love, this awe, inspiring that you respond to who I am. So, uh, look at this one. It's going to come up, Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. The fear of of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. I keep saying it over and over because I want us to hear it. And I want to give you another one. Proverbs 15, 33. Wisdom's instruction is to fear the Lord. And humility comes before honor. <clears throat> and i got a bunch more. I'm just going to give these to you. They're not going to come up on the screen. Proverbs 8, 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. You're saying, man, I need the fear of the Lord, but I don't hate evil very much. I'm asking today, man, so God help us to hate evil. Help us to get rid of our pride and our arrogance. Proverbs 10, 27. The fear of the Lord prolongs life. I like that. Proverbs 14, 26. In the fear of the Lord, there's strong confidence, and his children will have refuge. <coughs> I don't know about you, but I want to be confident. Not in me, in him. I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in me will perfect it against the day of Christ Jesus. That's what Philippians tells us. Listen to this one, Proverbs 14, 27. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may avoid the snares of death. Lord, I want life. No, Lord, I want my friends to have life. And I want them to fear you, God. <clears throat> I got to thinking, when's the last time anybody preached on the fear of the Lord? I'm like, God, sometimes we just kind of brush over this topic because it can get a little uncomfortable. But God, we fear you because you're holy. And Lord, we're made in your image. And God, we want to know you. We want to know you cl 
closely. We want to have rich fellowship. Proverbs 15, 33. The fear of the Lord is instruction for wisdom. And before honor comes humility. Proverbs 16, 6. By loving kindness and truth, iniquity is atoned for. And by the fear of the Lord, one keeps away from evil. <coughs> so here, here, here's, here's, a, here's a point. If I begin to take on the fear of the Lord, and I really think God wants us all to, be, to live in the fear of God, we shun push away evil we run from it we flee from it and we begin to follow god closer i know you're saying pastor that's what i want to do i just want more of christ i want to know him richer than i did when i came in today i want to know him richer tomorrow than i did today and next week i want to know him more than i did last year i just want to be on that journey where i grow with christ and one day he'll welcome me into his kingdom because he's good Proverbs 24, 21, my son feared the Lord and the king. Proverbs 29, 25, but he who trusts in the Lord will be exalted. I think you're going, man, I think you're making a pretty good case here that God wants us to lean on him. <coughs> All right, let's go back. Chapter 1, ready? Verse 9, just turn it, look down there with me. They will be a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. Lord, we want to be wise. We, we want to lean into you close, Lord Jesus. We want to uh, have your attention. And Lord, uh, has anybody ever felt like that God gives you the silent treatment, or is that just me? Has, has anybody ever felt lately? I'm, I'm honest. Be honest with me. Raise your hand if you feel like God's giving you a little silent treatment lately. It's a little unnerving, isn't it? You're like, man. And you know, well, you know what I've learned? <coughs> Sometimes God does that because there's sin. And God's wanting to reveal that sin, force to repent, turn, and lean into him. And sometimes I think it's just to get our attention that he's shaping, that he's molding us, that he's growing us, and that we'll really lean into God like, God, I need to hear from you. I hear it all the time. Pastor, I need to know if it's God's will if I should do blank. Now, sometimes people come to me and ask me stuff, and <clears throat> I'm going to be crass here because I'm not in counseling with you. Uh, it's just dumb. I mean, you ask me some stuff like, man, God's words all against that. It's like, man, I, I go ahead and give you the, the verse and everything on that. And just, duh. <coughs> but you don't want to say duh because you know, that really helps people a lot. All right. But there's other times it's gray or you're not as clear. And, and, and you just, God, I want your mind. I want your heart. And, and, and you're just seeking God. And I'm just saying together we can collectively seek the Lord and individually. And I think God will make himself verse 10 look here my son if sinners entice you do not give in to them man this is written to some young people but it's also written to old people man is sin enticing is sin does sin entice yeah if it wasn't enticing you wouldn't do it it's like the bible says sin is fun you're like man what verse is that for a season and it's enticing but i think the bigger thing is god wants us to run from it to deliver us next weekend it's all about temptation you don't want to miss this look at verse 16 move down to verse 16 <clears throat> their feet rush into sin they're swift to shed blood and i got to think about this how many times do you or i run rush run pursue evil and god's like I, I want you to get away from that um and and then here here's what happened i know i know what the devil does he does it to me you think, man, I've blown it. God can never love me. God can never forgive me for what I just did. 
And friend, that's a, that's a lie from the pit of hell. There is no sin that our God cannot forgive. Amen? And yes, we disappoint the heart of the Father. And we're talking about the fear of the Lord. But I want, somebody needs to hear this today. You need to go, I don't know what you've done. But you can come back. You can return. You can respond to his heart. As you're reading through the Proverbs, if you're willing to take this challenge, I think God's going to draw our hearts and he's going to make it true. Now look at verse 20. <coughs> Ready? Wisdom calls aloud in the street. She raises her voice in the public squares. Now, I, I love that verse. It cries. It's like, uh, you know, God's voice, it's not like, or, or, or his wisdom, it's not like it's hiding. It's not like it's a hidden treasure. God's saying, it's crying out to you. God is calling out to the body of Christ. He, he wants us to know his depth. It's, it's, it's like wisdom is roaming.